Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Morning to you and welcome to Breakfast with McIver. That's right, I'm here till. Well, how am I? When am I here till? I'm here till Thursday between six and nine. Brought to you by the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day here on SENZ around New Zealand and on the SEN app in Australia. Wherever you are, good morning. If you're in the east coast of New Zealand's North Island, please take it easy. Old uh, Cyclone Hale is having its. Uh, Wicked way with you. Just take it easy on the roads. And if you don't need to travel, don't travel. It's 6.33 and uh, plenty coming your way before 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, our can't wait question of the day. Have a listen. Uh, i got to play this thing. I'm having a mare at the moment. Push the button, producer producer swings. Can't <laughs> wait question of the day. Wow. 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 <laughs> McIver hasn't woken up, but he's had two coffees already. If the ASB Classic put a roof on Stanley Street, is it a more attractive entertainment option? Or does it diminish the charm of the stadium? Your can't wait question of the day. If the ASB Classic put a roof on Stanley Street, is it a more attractive entertainment option or does it diminish the charm of the stadium? Get on the Timber Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. Double eight double three, and tell me what you think. Temper and bedposts, range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and your feet up in comfort. And if you want to talk about it, if you want to actually talk about it, get it on the Kennard Hire phone line, which is 0800 150 833. 0800 150 833. Is it 833? Am I getting this? 0800 150 833. I am waking up slowly. And uh, we can have a yarn about it. If you have just joined us, you've hopped in the car, you're heading to work or whatever, we're going home right now. Uh, Pakistan successfully chased down New Zealand's 256 in the first one day at Karachi. They did it with six wickets to spare, 258 for four in the 49th over, in the 49th over. You want to say something. You've got that look at me, Swinks. You want to say something. <laughs> I know you're a man. You've, you've been working so hard this week, and it's only Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday. 
Yes, yeah. it is. Uh, the the number to call is 0800-150-811. The text <laughs> number on the oh, tip of Beppo's text machine. How many times have I done this? Double eight, double three. Okay, 0800-150-811. I know, 0800-150-811 is the Ken Artsar phone line. Okay, please don't ring me and call me a plonker. That's too early in the morning for that. 0800-150-811, the Ken Artsar phone line, or the Timber Bedpost text machine, double eight, double three, for the can't wait question of the day. If the ASB Classic put a roof on Stanley Street, is it a more attractive entertainment option or does it to diminish the charm of a stadium? Okay, we've got a little bit of a sports update right now. Thanks to our good friends at Kennard's Hire and uh, a little bit of a surprise this one. This one came out of the blue. It only, it only popped up about an hour ago, didn't it? Yeah, the retirement of Gareth Bale, not just from international football, club football as well. The Welsh, probably... probably You're going to say the Welsh Wizard, weren't you? Can I? Uh, I love Wales. I love Wales. Uh, No, but I mean, that is such a shock. I kind of would have thought he would carry on, but he's enjoying a great, well, he did enjoy a great career. Uh, Most recently, of course, with LAFC. Can LAFC find a way back in? Elie to Palacios to the byline. Palacios clipping it up. Gareth Bale, take a bow. This might just be his fourth touch of the game. But when it came, it was one touch, one goal. What a finish, what a header. Rises above, six foot six. Jack Elliott, two goals on the day for him while he gets dunked on by Gareth Bale. That right there is why he is brought to this club and the quality that he has. One touch, one goal. One pride. Well, I, was, I thought he was going to bust out a queen line uh, for a second there. <laughs> oh, not bad. He played for Real Madrid uh, 111 times for Wales. He won five Champion League titles at Real Madrid over 17 years. His last game was the 3-0 defeat to England at the World Cup we have just seen. He had, a, he had an agreement through to June of this year with LFC as decided to call time. So there you go. Gareth Bale is done and dusted as a footy player. That's our little sports update. Thanks to our good friends at Kennards Hire who are hiring big. Visit kennardshire.co.nz. Fighting talk. Let's dance. Come on, let's dance. It's six forty-three. Irish John is come out with fighting talk on the on the timber bed post text line. Double A double three. Now can't wait. Question of the day about the putting a roof on Stanley Street. He goes, MacIver, what drugs are you on? We can't build a bloody road in New Zealand. How the hell can we build a roof on a shed of a stadium? Pierce. Are you sure you're awake? <laughs> Come on, John. Let's dance. Let's dance, you and me. Come on, big fella. 643. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, yesterday we were a little bit excited, uh, producer Swinkmeister and myself, because it was the last week regular season of the NFL before we head into 
the playoffs and wildcard weekend this weekend. And there's there a lot of stuff going down. We're going to wrap it at 8.30 with our SEN NFL pundit, uh, Gerard Cronin, at 8.30. But some cool stuff happened. Like in the Buffalo Bills game, right, they're going to the playoffs and they're up against the New England Patriots. The Pats had to win to get in. Well, they didn't. And how could you even get your head around this one? First play of the game. Yeah, we'll keep everybody posted on Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Miami and the Jets were underway as New England decided to defer after winning the toss. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. And Buffalo could fall back to the three if the Bills lose here. Cincinnati goes on to a win, which you might expect. Baltimore shorthanded. Here comes Hines again. Oh, my goodness. Can he do it twice? Is this for real? Can you believe it? Even a little Dion strut to the end zone. 101 yards. Two TDs for Naam Hines for the Buffalo Bills, who kicked the Pats out. Oh, no, hang on. The Pats are playing. Are the Pats in a row? No, they're out. That's right. Uh, are the Pats... Stephen, get this right. No, the Pats are gone. That's right. Uh, 35-23. Sidebar to that match, Bill Belichick, the Pats coach, says, I'm going on. I'm staying on. So, okay, good on you. Now, the Seahawks, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, they were treading a fine line. And the Lions winning, or were, uh, they were good, but they weren't good because they're out. But this went one went to overtime. It didn't need to. Seahawks kicker at full time, Jason Myers. For the win and for playoff life. Dixon the holder. The snap is down. The kick is on the way. And it is off the upright. It is off the right upright. Get out of here. Myers doinks it off the upright. And it's overtime. You gotta love a good doinks it How off. How audible was that? How good is that? It doinks it off the upright. That's that's great commentary. But he redeems himself an OT. And hope springs eternal in Seattle. A nineteen sixteen overtime win keeps Seattle very much alive for the playoffs. Not not bad. You you do a nine and eight season and you make it into the playoffs. Some of the some of these conferences, or should I say, some of these divisions, are pretty ev. So the Seattle Seahawks will play San Francisco on Wild Card Weekend. The 49ers are at thirteen to four. That's the Seahawks' tenth playoff weekend in 13 seasons under the venerable Pete Carroll and John Snyder. Okay, uh, Packers had to win to get in. Uh Uh-uh, someone forgot to tell the Detroit Lions. The season comes down to a snap. And Goff is looking to throw it. He throws it. It's caught for the first down by DJ Shark. And you can hear them from all the way in Seattle. The Lions have come into Lambeau. And they've knocked the Packers down and out. And, McIver, you could just hear the air getting sucked out of Lambeau Field as that happened. Yeah. That was game over. But you know what was even better than that? What? The, that same play in Spanish. 
Y aquí está, pase completo, game over. Game over. Con DJ Chart. DJ Chart. DJ Chart. Qué manera de cerrar el partido. That's for all the parents out there that have to listen to Baby Shark about 12 times a day. That's outstanding. That is outstanding. Final score on that one, Detroit Lions 20, Green Bay 16. Third season in a row they've finished the season out of the playoffs at Lambeau Field. But now it gets better. Aaron Rodgers wouldn't give his jersey away to an opposition player when he was asked for it. So in the press conference afterwards, a couple of things. First of all, he was asked about Packers getting young younger around him <laughs> yeah listen uh, that's part of it. it it definitely is part of it um, you know big dog who knows what it, what he's going to be be thinking obviously Randall Mason Crosby a lot of guys I've played a lot of football with over the years uh, Dave um, so that would definitely go into it because that's you know, that's a big part of what we do. It's not just the playing. It's the guys you play with and the chemistry and the love and the friendship that, that we have for each other because it makes a difference. Got a lot of love. Got a lot of love. But the real question, the real question about Aaron Rodgers, probably for the second postseason in a row, what's your future all about? I mean, I just it's a feeling. Do I feel like I have any, anything left to prove to myself? Do I want to go back and gear up for another grind? Or is it time? Is it time to step away? Is it time for another voice to be leading this team? Um, I think I need to get away and, and contemplate those things. And those are real those are real to me. And I'm you know, I have a lot of pride in what I've accomplished in this league, but uh, I'm also realist and um, I understand where we're at as a team, we're a young team. There could be some changes with some of the older guys and you know it, it could be time to step away but I could take some time and say hell no man I need to I need to get back out there and, and go on another run um, but I'll have to see how, what it feels like once I'm once I'm away from it Hey, Swing, you know my response to contemplate this and uh, hell yeah? Guaranteed $58 million next year. <laughs> Let me contemplate this. Hmm. $58 million. Hmm. Okay. I don't know, man. It, it feels, this feels different. This feels different to last season to me. It's, it's almost like you, if you watch their press conference, his body, obviously they just came off a loss. They're out of the postseason. His body language to me just kind of really said it all. The fact that he didn't want to give his jersey away, that he wants to hold on to this one. He's definitely, <laughs> he's seriously considering it this time around. He's also said that he will not hold the Packers hostage over negotiations as well. And in, in all honesty, he said he doesn't need the money. But you know, 58 big ones sitting there for a guarantee and guaranteed. I'd go around one more time. But yeah, I, and I think the, the key here is if he plays next year, does he hold the team back from it getting going forward? But he's Aaron Rodgers. It's as simple as that. One final thought on the NFL because we're going to wrap this one at 8 30 with our SEN pundit, Gerard Cronin. Tui and the Dolphins are through. From 50 yards out of the hold of Morstead. On the way. Down the middle. With distance. Dolphins.
Dolphins take the lead with 18 seconds. And no D lineman in the game. 11 players out there to defend whatever the Jets draw up. They quickly get it to Garrett Wilson, and now they'll look to get tricky. Back to Joe Flacco. Now Elijah Moore. Dolphins need one tackle to get to the playoffs. It's loose, and that'll do the trick. The drought is over. Losing streak is over, and the drought is over. Dolphins go through the playoffs with an 11-6 win over the New York Jets. Guess who they face, though? Could be a short run, because they play Buffalo at Buffalo. Buffalo finishing with a 13-3 season. And again, Miami, who looked so good early in the season, finished 9-8. Short, your potential short run, but... The fact that uh, this is their first time making it to the postseason in six years. Don't care. Still an it's accomplishment for Miami. Dan Marino was on the sidelines there. Dolphins legend. He looked pretty <laughs> stoked about it all. Man, if I was the Buffalo Bills, I'd be just going, yep, okay, next please. Yes, next please. All right, so that's our little uh, NFL update and some of the key plays coming out of week 18, the final round of the regular season. 8.30, we'll, we'll take a look at Wild Card Weekend. There are six big matches, including, dare I say, my Cowboys having to play after being beaten up in front of one of their worst matches of the season by the Washington Commanders. 6.53. 6.58 with McIver for breakfast, brought to you by the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Just a... A little update of what happened at Kapalua in the Tournament of Champions on the PGA Tour. It's one of those, did that really happen? Colin Morikawa, Morikawa, excuse me, leading by six shots, going to the final round. Leading, hear this? Leading by six shots. Loses by two. John Rahm picks up the trophy, absolutely just cacks it, cacks it over he had birdies at 5, 9, 11, 12, and 13, and cacked it. And it's uh, history was on his side. Get this. Only eight players ever on the PGA Tour have lost a tournament after entering the final round with a six-shot lead. His response? Sadness. I don't know. It sucks. Yeah, pretty much. Hard luck, Colin Motokura. Actually, if you're on Twitter, check out uh, Ryan Fox's uh, latest tweet. Really cool. It's his master's invitation, and it just has on the front of it, Mr. Ryan Fox. Ooh, how cool. Off to the masters. Coming your way after seven, we'll play Quizzy Dag. We'll also talk to uh, TR86 driver Tim Leach about the Super Sprint Series starting this weekend at Highlands Motorsport Park in Cromwell, of which I'm heading down to. We'll get an idea of what he's looking forward to over the six-round series of the Toyota 86s. It's all coming your way after seven here on SENZ.
SENZ and Macaiba for breakfast, brought to you by the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day at 7.04 on the SEN app in Australia. Good morning to you, diggers. Hope you are well around the country in New Zealand. Kia ora. I hope wherever you are, you are safe and warm if you're on the East Coast. Just be careful, OK? Cyclone hail is going to play havoc today and maybe for the next couple of days. And you can imagine uh, organisers at the OSB Classic are going to be a little bit upset too. Because we had rain all last week for the Women's Classic, won by Coco Goff. And we're only into day two today of the men's, but we got a full schedule done yesterday. Today it could go all cack, but, then you know, that is what it is. Oh, I tell you what's really interesting. Hey, producer Swinkmeister, you know what's really interesting? Tomorrow, guess what comes onto the bookshelves? Prince Harry's book, Spare. It's on the bookshelves tomorrow. Are you excited about that? Did you say Prince Harry? Yeah. Oh, I just switch off when you say Prince <laughs> Harry. He's called his dad's wife, the Queen Consort Camilla, dangerous. Oh, it's all coming out tomorrow. Just thought you'd like to know that. Also, that the Cardinals have fired their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, and Lovey Smith, the Houston Texan coach, fired after one season. If you missed the cricket... Pakistan won the toss, chose to field. New Zealand posted 255, and the Pakistanis did it easy. 258 for four in the 49th over. But what did Kane Williamson think about it? Game that probably just boils down to not enough runs on the board for this game to be lost by six pickets. Yeah, uh, you know, we would have liked a few more. Um, you know, Pakistan was very clinical with the ball in hand in the, in the first innings there. And having said that, um, you know, it was competitive enough if we got things um, right in, in that second half. And there were there were a lot of glimpses where um, the game could have changed quickly. Um, there was assistance in, in both innings um, and, and the surface did change a bit. Um, so there's some learning there as well. But credit to Pakistan. Um, they were very clinical and, and uh, adapted better to the conditions. It's probably the case of not maybe one or two players getting that big score, no 50s in that batting card. Yeah, yeah, it was um, you know a number of sort of mid partnerships, but um, no one going on and, and sort of building that that beginnings and, and giving us a, a good chance in those death overs. So um, you know there was some good fight in that first half to, to get a competitive total, but um, we you know we want to be doing things a little bit better in, in all departments really because um, I still felt in that second half there were um, opportunities there, um, but. But once again, you know, we always know that whenever we come uh, up against Pakistan, it's a tough challenge and, and they showed their quality today. Do you feel the toss played a role and was it easier second time around to bat? Um, uh, the toss had an impact in terms of, uh, but I still think there was um, enough assistance there in the second half. So I, I don't think it changes the result. I, I think it was just um, quite interesting <laughs> to, to see how it unfolded and, um, and try and take some learnings from that. So... Um, yeah, I think both teams had opportunities with the ball to get some assistance, whether in the first half it was reverse swing and some turn, and then we, we got some turn in the, the second half as well, and it skidded on with the, the new ball. So um, there's, there's a bit there um, for everybody, so it's just trying to be nice and clear on how we want to operate and, and try and learn quickly for our next match. Well, hard luck today. Good luck for the remaining two games. Yes, thank you. Yep, so there you go. 1-0 uh, down, uh, the Black Caps against... Pakistan in that one-day series, second ODI tomorrow night at Karachi, live here on SENZ at half past ten. The boys did a magnificent call over the slow, took a while to get there, 
but so they've got to uh, pull finger again. So New Zealand lose the first one day, the second one tomorrow night, live on SCNZ from half past 10. Okay, time for you to get out the blower. 0800 150 If you want to play Quizzy Dag, if you want to play Quizzy Dag and win that $50 bonus bet with a TAB, and if you've never played it before, I'd love you to ring. Be a first-time caller. You could be a first-time winner. 0800 150 That's 0800 150 Had a late call yesterday. Questions were tough, and it was one call came in, and that one person won it yesterday. So 0800 150 and you can play Quizzy Dag. And if you've always wanted to, then give us a buzz. It's a little bit of fun to play Quizzy Dag, 0800-150811. And while you're thinking about it, just a reminder about the can't wait question of the day. Here it is. If the ASB Classic put a roof on Stanley Street, is that for you a far more attractive entertainment option or does it diminish the charm that is Stanley Street? Now, to give us your thoughts on that one, get on the Timber Bedpost text machine. That's double eight double three. That's double eight double three to get on the Timber Bedpost text machine. Timber and Bedpost's range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body, so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. But get on the phone. Are we good? To, I think we're almost good to go for Quizzy Dag, aren't we? The phones are lighting up. It's a seven oh nine. I think we play Quizzy Dag. This is how you do it, Quizzy Dad come play it. This is how we do it, Quizzy Dad come play it. Quizzes on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzy that come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Okay, let's play Quizzy Dag, shall we? A $50 bonus bet with a TAB is on the line. The place is lit up, so let's get busy. Who are we going first? Tim and Christchurch first, are we? Hey, Timmy, how are you, mate? Good, thanks. How are we doing, boys? Yeah, I am good. I am good. So you good to play? You ready to go? Yeah, mate, yep. Hey, what's the what's the weather you like your way, by the way? Rub it in if it's lovely. No, it's not. It's been it's been pretty good in the last few days, and all the rain that we were supposed to get, we didn't get. But it's, uh, it's a wee bit overcast and showery this morning. Oh, that's that's not good. What about? Okay, I'm coming down. I'm, I'm coming down to the south this weekend. It better be fine. I'm sick of this wet weather. Let's get busy, shall oh, we? With Quizzy Dag, did you get that? Did you get that swings? Let's get busy with Quizzy. Yeah, okay. That was a bit of a dad joke. Very good. <laughs> All right, question one. Who top scored for the Black Caps with 43 runs this morning against Pakistan? Uh, Bradshaw. Good start, good start. Okay. Gareth Bale, at age 33, announced his retirement from club and international football. Which MLS club did he play for? Uh, Was it the Galaxy? No. It wasn't. 
Okay, let's move on. Uh, Lemmy, Lemmy's back. G'day, Lemmy. Oh, is it Ed? Hey, Ed, how are you, mate? Long time no speak. Hey, Stephen, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. I don't know that one. Next guy. (laughs) (laughs) Who am I going to now? We got Lemmy up next. Okay, (laughs) Lemmy. Hey, Lemmy, how are you, buddy? Good, mate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I'll, I'll just take, I'll, yeah, I'll just take a guess anyway. Make Los Angeles. Ah, uh, uh, you got, you got to make it a little. It's, it's that's half the answer. So is it? Oh, Los Angeles uh, Football Club. Good work, Lammy. <laughs> good one. Oh, okay. okay, good man, good man. Uh, Michael Andretti has launched a bid oh. to, to join Formula One in partnership <laughs> with which car manufacturer? Oh God, to say Mercedes. No, never mind, stay on the line. Going to Simon now, are we? Hey, Simon, how are you? Good, thank you. So, question, Michael Andretti has launched a bid to join F1 in partnership with which car manufacturer? Any clues? Nope. Oh, give him a clue, mate. Give him a clue, come on. Uh, Why do I have to give him a clue? Okay, it's, (laughs) it's a luxury car manufacturer, and it's American. There you go. It's a bit gave it to you. Three, two, one. Lamborghini. I don't know. Lamborghini's Italian. I said American. Come on, mate. Anyway, hold on. Who are we going to? Zaid next. Hey, Zaid, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Okay, give me the answer. Would it be Chevrolet? Chevrolet? Yeah. No, not. Okay. Brenton, how are you this morning? Good, brother. Where are you? No, oh, in Auckland, mate. Pissed out of the rain. Just at the Chelsea Sugar Factory, mate. Oh, what do you do there? Just mow the, mow the, mow the grounds. Look after the grounds here, mate. Is it sweet? <laughs> okay. Not bad, at the moment. Bad, bad joke. Okay. Michael Andretti has launched a bid to join F1 in partnership with which car manufacturer? Uh, GM? Cadillac? Ah, yes. Yes, you actually needed to say Cadillac, to be fair. Because that was the key. Now, don't. Oh, I'm just. I'm looking at my producer and he's sort of going, mm, whatever. Okay. I mean, with your clue, I think, G- yeah, to get GM, I think was good. Yeah, that was very good, actually. Okay, next question. Who do, who do the New Zealand Breakers play tonight in the NBL? Is it uh, Wildcat? Okay. You are one question away from the $50 bonus bet from our good friends at the TAB. You ready to go? Take a deep breath. Here we go. (gasps) Former Kiwi Danny Levi has signed with which NRL team for the 2023 season? Oh, I'm an NRL. I'm saying he's going to the Raiders. (laughs) Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. And you said you weren't. You were going to mumble. I am not an NRL fan. Is that what you were going to say, eh? No, I said I am in a Oh, team. my apologies. I must be going deaf. I must be going deaf in my yeah. old age. Hey, congratulations, uh, Brenda. You are the winner, winner, chicken dinner. You pick up that $50 yeah. bonus bet from the TAB. What do you think you might throw it on? Oh, anything I throw it on lately, mate, doesn't uh, win. So, I don't know. Got any tips? Nah. I don't have any tips. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, hang on a minute. Hang on, hang on, hang on a minute. Okay. Here's one for you. Tennis. Right, yeah. tennis today. 
And yep. I'm going to give you a crack at someone you've never heard of before. All righty? So there's a guy yep. playing in the third match on stadium court today called Yerji Lehechka. Now, it's spelled J-I-R-I-L-E-H-E-C-K-A, okay? But you say it, Yerji Lehechka, Okay. So it's it's but it looks like it looks like Yuri Leheka. And he comes up against a guy called okay. Tiago Montero uh, from Brazil, a left a lefty. Have a crack at Yuri okay. have just have a have a have a win bet on that one. He's twenty one years old, ranked seventy eight in the world. He's up against a qualifier. Uh he's he's one one of the new wave. He's won three challenger titles. I think that's worth a nudge. If it's wrong, please okay. don't blame me because you accepted my advice. Hey, I'm getting them all wrong anyway, mate. So it doesn't matter. Okay, so so I'll I'll I'll, jo- I'll join the loser category as well with you. Okay. Okay, mate. Thank okay, you. Brenton. So Yuji the but looks like Jury Leheka. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you playing Quizzy Tag, mate. There you go. Back to those sweet lawns out of the Chelsea Sugar Factory. Seven seventeen. Did you like that? Um, um, he he'll go. What the hell was McIver up about? You say yeah. That's right, Swings. You say Yerji Lehechka. I, I trust you on that because no doubt with uh, the job you're doing down there at the ASB Classic, you have to research all those oh, man. names. Oh, man, this this just took a little while. I was looking. The, what they have done on the WTA and ATP tournament, which is really good, and makes our job incredibly uh, easier because it's someone's name, right? Like I hate being called Steve. Remember that one? No, it's Stephen. So you... I don't think I've ever been guilty of doing that faux pas, personally. Oh, I don't know. We'll think about that one. <laughs> uh, anyway, but some of these names, you go, holy hecka. But what they do now is they put a little audio bite on the website and they have the player themselves pronounce their name. And that is gold. So that's Yerji Lehechka. I don't think I'll be saying Yerji Lehechka much today because the weather is poo in Auckland and it's something that the organisers are going, oh, not another day. It's 7.20. The Cartwright question of the day on the Timber Bedpost text machine is, if the ASB Classic put a roof on Stanley Street, is that for you a more attractive option as an entertainment option or does it diminish the charm of the stadium? Swinkmeister, what do you think? Uh, I'll, I'll address that in a second. I want to add in a, oh. another can't wait question of the day. Oh. Look, looking, you know, flying loose here on a Tuesday morning. Wow, we have been flying pretty loose. <laughs> it's been pretty loose from the start when I forgot what the phone number was. <laughs> it's all right, mate. You're forgiven. <laughs> no, a second can't wait question of the day. The Black Caps in Pakistan, they drew both tests. Now they've lost the first ODI after setting what I would consider a pretty respectable score. What I, I, I want to know, what is going wrong with the Black Caps in, in the eyes of our SNZ listeners? Are they not being aggressive enough? Is the, are the decisions not being made that you want to be made? Or do we, do we, do we have the talent? Uh, do we have the right people there? Or is there someone else in that, that could be in that lineup that you think would make a difference? Wow. Okay, Smarty Bridges, put your, put your, put your mouth on the line here. What do you think's wrong? You you threw the question out, pal. You threw it out. Don't... I, I haven't even addressed your first question yet. Yes, no, no, fair enough, fair enough. I would say... <laughs> uh, I can feel the gr- gears grinding now. Yeah, what? What are we? <laughs> 7.19 a.m. 
<laughs> five hours sleep. I've been awake since three yeah. thirty. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I haven't even kicked into second you are, gear yet. You've just thrown this one out just to wind people up. Okay, that's well, fine. Now that's cool, man. I don't that's... want to give away the answers. That's the thing. <laughs> so, what do you think's going on with the black caps? Sell us on the Timber Bedpost Tech Machine double eight double three. The second half of our can't wait question of the day. The first half. If the ASB Classic put a roof on Stanley Street, is that for you a more attractive option as an entertainment option? Swinkmeister, yay or nay? I'm for it in the regard that we don't lose as much day's play. I mean, I can imagine you, you yeah. want to go to a, a day of the tennis, right? Mm-hmm. And it gets rained out. Yep. That's that's a bit of a downer. <laughs> you want to have a good time with the tennis. You want to have some champagne, you know, some bubblies. Uh, well, only if you're in the, the flash seats. Well, oh, no, actually, no, you can have in the serve area as well. <laughs> Okay, good I haven't to know. had any. No, you're a professional. That's right. Yeah, that's why you you come to work here after what two three hours sleep. You're fully dressed. You're ready to go to the tennis straight after here. So, baby, I'm I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> you're working like twenty hours a day at the moment, mate. It's okay, so I, I tell you what's interesting is that I read a, I read a report this morning suggesting that the uh, the original concept will be too expensive. You know, it, was, it would be over $20 million. But Adelaide have a sort of like a, a roof that's open on the sides mm. but it, but covers the court, mm. and if it rains, it's not going to get wet. So it allows on, it to – On ma- all sides? Because what uh, if it's the kind of rain where yeah, it goes sideways? I don't <laughs> – details, details. <laughs> Simple, all, I'm saying, all I'm saying to you is that it's, it would still feel and probably hold its uh, – its title as an outdoor tournament because it's not fully enclosed. And I think that's the key to Stanley Street. So there you go, the Timber Bedpost text machine, double eight, double three. What's wrong with the black caps? And how about a roof on the stadium? Would that be a more attractive option for you at the ASB Tennis Centre? Temper and bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body. Some bodies are a little bit bigger at the moment. So you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Twenty-seven. Phil Bailey, Phil Collins, one of the big one-hit wonders from the '80s. Gotta love it though. It's about five minutes long. It's one of those songs that just keeps you going. You easy lover. A little bit of an update as to what happened yesterday at the ASB Classic, the first round of the men's draw in the ATP 250 event. Constar Lestia beat Pedro Kachin six three six one. Lestian now goes on to play the top seed Casper Ruud. Richard Gasquet beat the New Zealand wild card KP Panu last night on Stadium Court six three. He now faces the reputable Zhao Sosa. Uh, David Goffin beat Alexander Bublik, who was about 10 feet tall. Uh, I mean, he was literally 10 feet tall. Uh, but Goffin, the smaller man, beat him 6-3, 6-4. He'll face the winner of one of the stadium court matches today, uh, Ugo Mbea, the defending champion, or American Christopher Eubanks. Eubanks. Uh, Jensen Brooksby beat the flashy Fabio Fognini in his Armani outfit. Yeah, he was wearing Armani. Trust me, it was an Armani tennis outfit. Uh, 6-7, 6-1, Brooksby will face uh, Diego Schwartzman in the second round. Another young American called JJ Wolf. Uh, he beat Adrian Manorino, the eighth seed. 
6476. Cam Norrie is the number one seed at the bottom of the draw. He'll face the winner of Yeji Lehechka and Tiago Montero. Just had to throw that one out. Yeji Lehechka. you got to love it. Our Can't Wait Question of the Day is getting some... Uh, some feedback from you about, you know, would a roof on Stanley Street be a better entertainment option? Mike in the Wellington says, yes, I agree. The stadium tennis needs roof for fans. You have paid for it. Uh, and f- Cam from Invercargill says, morning, lads. Or lad. Oh, no, it's too... Uh, sorry, it's us. Plural. What, what plural? What about a retractable roof for the tennis? Then get the boast, best of both worlds. Yes, if you've got $100 million, probably. I was going to say, would that not <laughs> add so much more expense? I love the idea. I mean... You think of retractable roofs, I basically, through the 2013-14 Major League Baseball season, I basically lived at Rogers Centre where they have a retractable roof. So on a a nice sunny day, it opens all up. If the clouds come in and it's threatening to rain, they'll close it up. And it doesn't even take that very long. So I would imagine with tennis, it would probably be even quicker because it's a smaller uh, area. But money, 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 money is, yeah, it's all about money. And we're a little country of five million and an even smaller city of about one and a half million. It's about money. What's the best option? I'm sure someone can think left of field. This is McIver for Breakfast, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's time for the news now with Kubota. Together we are building and shaping the future. got to do that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Hey, this is better than baby shark, baby shark, baby shark, like that, uh, that, that Spanish caller. That was cool, man. Hey, hey, Swinks. Yes. Sing me the baby shark line. Sing me the baby shark. Like Look, deep I breath. would rather keep our listeners... <laughs> I think that Spanish doing the baby shake la, 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 was so cool. 7.32. This is the chemist. <laughs> 7.32. Over for Steve McIver yeah, has the Chemist giggles. Warehouse. Great savings every day. Time now for our sports update brought to you by Gull. Fueling your mission, mission, mission all year round. Mission control. We have a problem. Uh, former Paris Saint-Germain and Cameroon star Modeste Mbami uh, tragically passed away from a heart attack aged 40. That's way too soon. He was capped 39 times for his country between 2000 and 2009. Claimed a gold medal with Cameroon at the 2000 Olympic Games. Won the Coup de France on two occasions with PSG before joining Marseille in 2006. He trialled with Premier League Cubs in 2009, but ultimately ended up joining Almeria in Spain. Planted in China, Saudi Arabia and Colombia before returning to France to finish his career at Le Havre. He hung up his boots in 2016. Modesti Mbami, gone from the world at age 40. Wow. 40. That's way too young. What else we got, man? Uh, it was tough to follow on from that because it's a lot less important. But uh, Kevin Durant is to undergo an MRI after injuring his knee against the Miami Heat uh, during the third quarter in their match. Expected to undergo that MRI as of today, according to Nets coach. Jack Vaughan, the injury occurred with 105 left in the third quarter as Heat swingman Jimmy Butler went to the rim and got a shot blocked 
by Ben Simmons. Butler fell back into Durant's knee, and Durant stayed on the ground for a few moments but remained in the game. He kept rubbing at the knee up and down on the floor and had to be taken out when the Nets called a timeout about 30 seconds after that incident. He immediately walked straight back to the locker room to get checked out and did not return. The Brooklyn Nets have won 18 of their past 20 games. They're currently wow. sitting second in the Eastern Conference with a 27-13 or 13 record. So considering all the headlines around them, they're doing pretty well, but they're, not, they're trying to remain positive around Durant's injury, hoping that it won't be too serious. Kyrie Irving has said he's in good spirits. As we all are, the strength of our team is us picking each other up, just being ready for whatever's thrown at us. I think one of the greatest qualities of our team is our bench and the way we support each other despite who's in the lineup. Do you think we'd like the Knicks because they're cool? Like the Brooklyn Knicks, the cool kids on the block and not the Knicks? I've got a mate of mine who is so, so into the Nets and I think sometimes it's just because they're cool. Yeah, uh, they probably are the one of the cool teams to pick. I mean, you go down to Rebel Sport, I imagine you can probably pick up uh, some Brooklyn Nets gear. There's also the affinity because... Sean Marks is the GM as well. Ah, yeah, of course. If you're if you're a Kiwi basketball fan. Hey, speaking of which, uh, see the other headline today in NBA. <gasps> Shock horror probe. LeBron might want out. He might want out of LA. Oh, when for, does he want to chase agency. another championship? What he wants, he says, winning is in my DNA. I need to be in a winning organization. You gotta love it, and he's carrying the Lakers right now. He is carrying them. Seven thirty-five here on SNZ. McIver for breakfast. Brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. We talk to Tim Leach next. All about the Toyota eighty-six series. Seven forty-one. Toto, holding the line. Oh yeah, you got to hold the line when you're a race car as well. Otherwise, you can go all over the place. And that's what Tim Leach from Winger Motorsport, the new two-car team competing in the Twerd eighty-six series, will have to do. He joins us right now. Hey Tim, good morning to you, bud. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, man. Uh, we we are good. We are excited. Well, I'm excited anyway about the Twerd eighty-six series. The other boys are. They, 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 I don't think they're petrol heads like me. Uh, Winger Motorsport, a two-car team. So it's you and who's the other m- member of the team? Uh, Harry Townsend. Harry Townsend out of out of Hawkes Bay, right? Yeah, Hawkes Bay. Yeah, he's with Bayswater. Now, tell me about your. What is your motorsport history? I've been reading up, and it it seems a, a little light. Yeah, you know, it's very light. Um, look, my dad's pretty into motorsport. He has been for many years. He did rally back in um, the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And, um, yes, I've always had a bit of a passion for it, and I've been out to the track with him multiple times. But, um, yeah, never went never went down the go-karting track. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to it, and, yeah, pretty pumped to see what I can do out there. So have you raced an 86 yet? Uh, yes, so I did at the um, the V8 Supercar Weekend at Pocatello. Mm, and what was it like? Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. That I definitely um, got thrown in the deep end there. Um, with a lot of there were a lot of people out there, and being my first race, it was um, 
quite overwhelming, but I think I did pretty well considering all things, which is quite cool. So what? So you th- you hopped in at eighty six around one of the best tracks going around, and you hadn't raced before, and you're in a busy field. Going into turn yeah, one, yeah. going into turn one, <laughs> how? What was the heart rate like? Uh, yeah, it was beating pretty fast, um, <laughs> but yeah, I actually loved. I loved every minute of it. It was um, it was such a cool experience, and yes. Yeah, if I never race in front of that many people again, I'll be pretty happy with. So I'm I'm told that, that uh, you're getting some work from Dan Gaunt. Is that right? Uh, and driver training, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He helped out. He helped us out a couple um, sessions, and um, Chris Vanderdrift as well. Yeah, yeah. Very... He's, our, he's our trainer. Which, yeah, he's doing a great job as well. So, 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 okay. So, this is so. I, I'm a bit. I'm a bit staggered here. You are racing in an '86, and you're going to be com- want to be competitive this year with basically no previous history. Mm. Oh yeah, so so this uh, well last year we um, we did a lot of preparation for it. Me and Harry and we did the um, we did the lemons um, series, <laughs> which is a couple. How can couple, you, um, you can't call the how can you call the lemon series preparation for this? Come on! Oh, you know, it's getting getting to getting used to the car, and it's more about getting used to the car than anything else. That lemon series is hilarious, don't you? Have like a two thousand dollar car, and you got to run it for like twenty four hours with a team and things like that. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, they do other races as well, which which are kind of like um, like there's a lot of sang on Utes and like BMWs that mm-hmm. race in it, which um, they're preparing for their series as well during the year. So tell me what the big learnings have been in this very short period of training for the Toyota 86 series. Um, well, it's definitely getting used to um, like high-speed gear changes and like flat shifting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just getting my like I think I think in a race I'm I'm definitely a lot better than in qualifying. It's more getting used to the tracks and where to brake and stuff like that. But when I'm following a car, I find it's a lot easier. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, um, I understand. Yeah, so like my times might not be as good in qualifying, but I can, I can possibly keep up in a race because I've got, I've got guidance from in front of me, if you know what I mean. How, how, do, you, how do you take guidance? I mean, how, because you're learning the whole nature of motor car racing, how do you disseminate that, that information quickly? Um, well, obviously, you've got a real good team behind me that help a lot, and um, someone like Chris is really, really good because he's, he's had years and years and years of experience coaching and racing himself. Um, and it's, so we've got this good um, like data that we go through after after practices, and you can kind of see where to brake and where you're turning wrong and where to where to put the gas on. You know, yeah. So, but the the cool thing about this series coming up, Dad's going to be racing a Ferrari, isn't he, in the Golden Homes GT New yeah, Zealand yeah. Championship, right? So, yeah, that's great. Is Dad telling you a lot of what to do? Uh he's giving he's giving me a lot of help. Um, I think I think that definitely will come a lot during the weekend. It'll be good to have him there. Um, obviously, it's a bit of a comforter as well for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just going to go out and have fun in this kind of this kind of season and see see where I get. And I think I think either way, it's just going to be going to be a blast and going to be a great season, a lot of fun. When when do you head down to Highlands for the opening round this weekend? Um, heading down Thursday morning. Oh, okay. Cars already on their way. Yeah, the cars are down there. It was a bit of a rocky ride on the ferry, I think, because of the weather. But um, I think I think the cars are all good, which is the main thing. Hey, so Winger Motorsports, you've got the two eighty sixes, does it? And I think is are there 
two Ferraris racing, one with Paul Berbera and one with your dad, Wayne Leach? Uh, yeah, no, so there's, so there's one Ferrari, which is um, dad's yeah. and um, Barge here. Yeah. And then um, there's Todd Baldwin as well. Yeah. He's online, um, and he's got a McLaren, but he's got a Ferrari arriving, I believe, next week or the week after, which is going to... As you do. ...that series. Oh wow, that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty. Ex- so, as as the idea is to compete as well as you can this season, and then maybe further your desire to race. I mean, is this something that is burning within you to do to to prove to yourself that you can do this thing? Yeah, look, I'm I'm really keen to see how I go. Obviously, this season is um, it's kind of the start of where I'm where I'm going, and um, look further down the track, I'd love to get into different kind of motorsports like some like rally would be pretty cool but I'm I'm kind of just focusing on this season and I'll reassess at the end. <laughs> yeah mate. I think, yeah. I, think I, I think it's a good idea to do 86 before you start throwing throwing things sideways right? Yeah 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 definitely, <laughs> definitely. learn the ropes first. So, so for me to identify the cars at the weekend uh, who's the major sponsor on your TR86? Uh, so we've got Winger and um, SRS so your winger in SRS and young Harry Townsend's car, the other 86 in the winger motorsport team will be what? That's um, Bayswater. Bayswater. Okay, so, so we're all good to go. Hey, mate, I'm looking forward to catching up with you at the weekend. Thanks for giving us your time. Go well, but also keep it on the line, okay? Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much. You're more than welcome, Tim. Tim Leach from Winger Motorsport, one of the many drivers competing in the 2023 Toyota 86 Championship, which starts this weekend at Highlands Motorsport Park, then transfers the following weekend to Teratonga and Invercargill, then the following weekend to Hampton Downs in South Auckland, and then the following weekend to the Topo International Motorsport Park, and then the following... Uh, then, oh, no, we uh, hold the hold the phone. Oh, no, the following weekend. Uh, then it's Manfield at Circuit Chris Amon, 14th to the 16th of April. And then the final round, round six, uh, will be the Hampton Downs Motorsport Park. I may have jumped the gun there. Actually, it's weekend after weekend, and then we stop for the 3rd and the 5th of January. Uh, it's the actual the March one. There's a break after round three. Then it goes 17th to the 19th of March, 14th to the 16th of April, and then the 5th to the 7th of May to wrap it all up at Hampton Downs Motorsport Park. It is honestly, if you get the chance to go to this motorsport over the weekend, the Super Sprint Motorsport New Zealand Internet uh, Series, uh, give it a nudge because there's some really cool stuff happening around the place. Uh, this weekend, if you're in the Cromwell area, head to Highlands because they've got the Pirelli Porsches, they've got the uh, Golden Homes GT New Zealand Championship, of course the Toyota 86s and uh, the new Formula Regionals Oceania Series, uh, which is the what we used to call the Castrol Toyota TRS series, which is all about the next uh, generation of IndyCar drivers and F1 drivers. You know, Lance Stroll, who drives for Aston Martin, came out one year. Uh, Lando Norris has been here. Of course, the likes of um, our own Liam Lawson's been out here. So Marcus Armstrong as well have all placed it. And it's a really good learning ground and training ground for our next open wheel races. So make sure if you get the chance to be around this weekend at Highlands, give it a nudge. It's as simple as that. And Michael from Wellington tells me, so he must be in Queenstown, uh, the temperature today is 26 degrees and blue skies. We like that. All right, move the tennis to Queenstown. There you go. Oh, that, oh, that's what you've been waiting to say, isn't it? That was your radical idea. That was, <laughs> you said, I've got a radical idea in our can't wait question of the day, and that was going to be a radical idea. Get it out of Auckland, right? That was your radical idea. <laughs> you were going to say Christchurch.
but Queenstown is a much better place to go. Well, in terms of tourism, I imagine the players, you say, hey, let's go play uh, tennis in Queenstown. They'll be like, yeah, yep. sh- sure, why not? Yep, sure, why not? Okay, that's radical. It's 7.51. On a Tuesday morning, the 10th day of January for 2023 with Stephen McIver. Until Thursday, until 9 o'clock, brought to you by The Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You know, Swinks, what I love about the Tuatara and their, their manager, Steve Mintz? You know what I love? Honesty. Aside, aside from his accent? <laughs> nah, honesty. Yes. Now, he's, he's done an op-ed, an opinion piece. I think it's on Stuff this morning. I'm going to read you uh, what he's written because I love the fact that he's, he's opened himself up to the, the public and said, you know, we are not going to hide behind our performances and we will be accountable, which a lot of other sports need to be. He goes, quote, Our season hangs in the balance now after another disappointing weekend. They're playing the Canberra Cavalry and they got beaten up. We have no one to blame but ourselves. It's fair to say we're in a funk right now. Ooh, she has some funky music. Uh, winning three of our last 12 games. That's a hell of a funk. And it's just not good enough. Listen to the language he talks about. Yeah, not good enough. Blame ourselves. And all that good work we did in the early season has been eroded. We walked far too many hitters against Canberra to stay in those games. You just cannot be walking a dozen hitters in a game and expect not to get burnt by it. The language is so honest and accountable. The Cavalry are a good hitting side. We talked about not issuing them free passes, but one after the other, we kept losing hitters and they were good enough to take advantage. On the flip side, now he goes on to compliment the opposition. The Cavalry pitchers were disciplined, didn't offer us the same bonuses, so when our hitters found a gap or hit one out, the damage wasn't as big as what was being done to us. And here's the hard thing to suck up, because they'd won the division, I believe, last time out when they were playing pre-COVID. We are now in a tie for second place in the Northeast Division and are in a head-to-head battle with the Cavalry for the last playoff spot over the final two weeks of the regular season. If we are to make the playoffs, we will have to earn it by playing well these next two weeks. So that is the task for us now. Don't you just love that language? Just out-and-out accountability saying, you know, we stuffed up, we didn't get it right, we weren't doing our job. Wouldn't that be nice if so many other sports organisations play the honesty game? It's nice that he doesn't hide behind cliches either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a, I think a lot of organisations fear that if they are honest with what they say and say, actually, we're not as good as we think we are, they are going to alienate fans and say, well, well why aren't you good enough? But it's much easier to come out and be honest in my books and say, this is what's going wrong. Uh, and we want you on our journey. And if I hear the word journey again, I'm going to go hee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, join us on our journey. It's a journey. 
No, well, this journey is all about you and me. This journey is about us and the fans. Well, forget the damn journey. Just get me some results. McIver, you're doing it to yourself. Speaking <laughs> of results, uh, we're going to be talking to New Zealand's number one tennis player after 8 o'clock, Ajit Rai. Uh, hasn't made the, didn't make the main draw, but when you consider at 466 in the world, he beat up a player ranked 92 in the top 100 on the ATP Tour. That is a big deal. We're going to talk about his experience at the ASP Classic and what he has to look forward to going in 2023. Stay with us here on SCNZ Breaking with McIver, brought to you by The Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. CNZ at 8.04 with McIver for breakfast brought to you by the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. If there's something that's piqued your imagination over the last hour and or so, then get on the Kennard's Hire phone line 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. Or if you want to play the can't wait question of the day and give us your thoughts, if the ASB Classic put a roof on Stanley Street, is it a more attractive entertainment option? Or does it diminish the charm of the stadium? Get on the Temper Bedpost text line. Uh, that's double eight double three. Temper and Bedpost's range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. It's 804. Uh, speaking of the ASB Tennis Centre, New Zealand's number one tennis player, Ajit Rai, has been playing there with some success uh, that made headlines. I suppose we could ask Ajit the question. Ajit, would you like to see a roof on the stadium at the Aspie Tennis Centre. Ah, morning, Stephen. Um, I think it's a it's a tough one because I think without the stadium, it gives uh, without the roof on the stadium, it gives uh, the tournament such a summer feel. And say somewhere like Sydney that has a roof on the stadium, they mainly play in the night session um, because you know when it gets dark, of course, all of that. It's a lot a lot uh, more welcoming in there. So. I don't know. I think right now it would be ideal to have a roof on the stadium. So, 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 so you're happy to wait around at the moment with all this rain going on. I mean, your your second qualifying game and the qualifiers, I think, took two days to get through. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, John has no message me and said I was getting close to his match of the longest <laughs> match in history. Um, <laughs> That was, a, I, that was about I, five I, hours, wasn't it? And then Wimbledon. Yeah, no, that, no, no, that was 11 hours. Oh, okay. 11 hours. Okay. Um, Good name to drop, though. I, yeah, uh, um, I, think, I think it's easy to say, you know, we need a roof now because it's raining all the time and if it was sunny, the question wouldn't be asked. I think having, you know, an, an indoor court, one of the courts um, would be great and, yeah, it would be easier to get through all the matches. Uh, but but, but you're, yeah. you're a bit of a romantic, right? You like the side. You like the intimate atmosphere of Stanley Street. I love it. I love it, and I love being, you know, when it's a summer day in in New Zealand, and the atmosphere is incredible with the New Zealand fans. And I just think having a roof on the stadium kind of dampens that um, summer feel. My colleagues and I have been talking about constantly uh, the the mental challenge of having matches stop, start, stop, start. Is it a mental challenge for players or not? 
A hundred percent it is. hundred percent. Um, it can work both ways, in your favour or against your favour. And the reason being, um, a huge part of it is momentum. And momentum gets completely stopped when the match is taken off the courts. You get to go speak to your coaches. You get to fuel up your body a little bit more. You get to have a shower. You, all these little things you get to do off the court and come back in a different frame of mind. You warm up again. And, yeah, it's a complete game changer because on the court you're an individual athlete. It's you versus someone else and you guys are going to war. And if you get to go off the court and um, load up all your guns again, then, yeah, of course it's an advantage. Um, and it can work in some players' favour and it can also work against it can also work against their favour. You're trying not to walk around, mate. You're, just, you're fading in and out there. Hey, let's talk about your... ASB Classic experience. You didn't play the local qualifying tournament, chose, it would appear for all the right reasons, to go to Numea and play at, at a level that the tournament here is at with ATP players. And it seems to have paid off because you went out in your first qualifying match. You're sitting, you went in sitting at around 466, if I'm correct. You're playing the, the player ranked at 92 in the world, Taro Daniel. You took him to three but won it. How much confidence has that given you going forward in 23? Uh, I mean, it's given me a, a tremendous amount of confidence. But as I've said um, time and time again this week, is my confidence has come from my process that I'm, I'm taking care of, the, the work I'm putting in day in, day out, and you know the relentless um, energy and attention to detail I've got for my game right now. So... It's great to get results like that, but I wasn't really surprised at the same time. Um, I'm grateful, very, very grateful to have the opportunity to even play and win, but I wasn't surprised because the work I'm putting in, I know I can win matches at that level. Wow. Okay. That's not what I expected you to say. I was expecting you to be pretty pumped with that one, considering where you sit as far as the rankings go. But do you think sometimes, Ajit, the rankings at this level, let's say between 100 and where you're at at 466, can be a bit misleading. I I definitely think they can. And I say that because when you get to a level around 100, 150, you're consistently playing at tournaments where the points are so great. So you only need to win three, four matches every five months and your points are equivalent to someone at a 500 level winning event and winning six matches a week. That doesn't mean that the players at 500 are the same level because you have to win mat win those matches consistently to get to the 150 level, top 100 level. Um, so yeah, I mean, I didn't feel that in either of my matches. I didn't feel that ball speed was an issue. I didn't feel that I lacked weapons. I feel the next area in my game that I need to improve in is my fitness level because. The nerves, and you know, Montero's coach even came said to me after because I was cramping um, quite aggressively in that match, and he said to me, "You weren't cramping because of your fitness level." He said, "You were you were cramping because of the nerves you were feeling," and I didn't really understood what he meant until I processed it and talked to my trainers about it, etc. And he he was spot on, and I think if you're that uh, you know that extremely fit, you can look after yourself during those moments because you have something to fall back on all the time it must be incredibly sacrificing to put in the work that really not a lot of people know that you put in like every tennis player puts in it's just a constant grind 
to finally sort of start a season knowing that you are in the right direction and frame of mind to have further success? Because everyone is blown away by the fact you've been a top 100 player. Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, it's, it's again, it's really, really cool that I beat the beat a top 100 player. Um, I got a bit sick off, um, you know, having opportunities at the ASB Classic, playing against top 100 players at Davis Cup and, and not taking those opportunities and not winning and losing in tight matches. And it became a bit like the opportunities there, either you take it or you don't. You know, it's no good to me losing 6-4 in the third set and hearing, oh, you're so close, but you didn't win. And that's all I was thinking about in the third set in that match. Was, I, I need to take this opportunity. I need to find energy. And I was just telling myself the whole match, how bad do I want it? And I think that's what it comes down to in matches like that. Uh, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it, a lot of hard work for my team, my my coach, Chris, um, my trainer, Emily, physio, Justin, and and my dad. It's, it takes a village to um, build a good tennis player, and it's definitely the work they've put in, and they've led me in the right direction, and I'm just trying to do the work that they put in front of me and a little bit more on top of that. You've only sort of been hanging out with Chris from the Levy Tennis Academy for a little while. What specific and notable changes has he made, A, to your game, but also B, to your mental game? Yeah, that's pure mentality, um, off-court and on-court. The, the self-talk, I think, has dramatically changed when I'm on-court in the last six, seven months. And by self-talk, you know, it might sound really silly that, oh, why can you not just be positive? But when you're playing an individual sport, it can become a very dark, lonely place. So Chris has just been a super positive um, a positive person who's come into my life at the right time, into my career. And we've had some serious success together, but I know we've got plenty more to go and it's just a tiny little step in my journey and I'm just happy it's in the right direction. You use the journey line. The journey line's been outlawed today on the show. You're not allowed to use the word journey. I'm sorry. I have to apologize. <laughs> that's that's that, that, that's a that's a non-word today. Okay. I just yeah. <laughs> so if you Fair if, enough. Fair if, you, enough. if you're not going to use journey, what's the other word you're going to use? <laughs> there's the test for the day on my travels. Hey, there's no journey. There's no career, Stephen. It's all about the journey. It's all about the journey. It must. It must be. It must be exciting to think that you finally. I mean, you've you've crossed a. You've sort of crossed the invisible barrier. You've actually proven to yourself and proven to a lot of people. I'm sure there were lots of. There are always doubters out there that you can hang with top 100 players. Now, if you can hang with top 100 players, you can just about hang with anyone, and that's when you can start making real money, right? Exactly. I think the biggest thing you just said is that I proved um, to myself. Other people, uh, it's it's irrelevant um, what they think because it's out of my control, but to prove to myself that I can win these matches and not, oh, I lost 7-5 in the third, I lost 7-6 in the third, I lost four and five. I had a match point and didn't win, but to come off the court and say, hey, I actually just beat a top 100 player is a feeling that you need to never forget and you need to, you know, take that with both hands because every match I get into with a top 100 player now, I cannot say that, oh, I don't have the experience of beating a top 100 player. 
So now I can use that in my advantage and use that um, as a trump card when I go into other matches. But the hardest thing that people have to understand is that you've got to do it every day if you want to succeed. You know, when you go to a tournament and start prepping and going through all that stuff you go through, you've got to do it every day. And people don't understand that the the, the mental strength required is can can be quite debilitating. Yeah, how bloody good is that? We get to do it every day. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the beauty of tennis. That's bloody good. That's what I want. I mean, if I could live that every single day, I'm a happy man. So... Uh- uh, I just, that's exactly what I want. I want tough matches. I want to be able to play the top guys day in, day out. That's if, if you don't want that, then you're playing the wrong sport. You can go play a team sport that you play one match uh, on, on a Saturday. But that's that's what we want as tennis players. Um, I don't know if I'm speaking for the rest of the tennis players, but for me, I want the toughest matches all the time. And I think that's the biggest change is I used to shy away from competition a lot because I was so protected trying to be the best in the country and all of this external noise that I couldn't control that now all I'm focusing on is playing against the best opponents and proving myself as much as I can. And I just, every time I see the best player at the tournament, I want to be drawn against them first round every time. Oh, it's okay to be a masochist once in a while. Uh, you, you get to play doubles <laughs> with your good mate, Finn Reynolds. You're up against the former world number one pairing of Nikola Metkic and Matej Pavic. Matej Pavic has won the Auckland tournament twice. Uh, they did you no favours in the draw there, did they? Oh, me and Finn have won the Auckland tournament. We won under 12. That's garbage. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even see the draw until... Um, I was doing media after my match yesterday and they told me, so it was brilliant news. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, again, that's super exciting. It's You're playing against one of the top doubles teams in the world and it's going to be a very, um, you know, enjoyable, enjoyable experience and we're going to go out there and try, you know, serve well and, and play our patterns and just have some fun. I think that's that's what it's about. It's very exciting to get on court with Finn. Uh, I grew up with Finn, playing with him from a very young age. And it's, it's I remember even yesterday when we were practicing, we're just like, uh, we're just two buddies having a great time on court. And, you know, we're going to try and put our hand up to play Davis Cup in the near future in, in the doubles. And, uh, yeah, I was just very excited to get back on court. Where, where, but speaking of which, when is the Davis Cup tie? That's pretty close, isn't it? We're playing in Christchurch on the fourth and fifth of Feb, uh, and against Bulgaria. Oh, okay. So, we're, at what stage is New Zealand now in the world situation, or the uh, that dropped out of the world group? What's the story? So, if we win this tie, we go back into the world group one, uh, the qualifiers to make the World Cup thing. So, we need to win this tie, and then we go to the qualifiers, which we lost to Finland in. So, oh. Finland are. Uh, Finland in the World Cup now. Okay, that's cool. Do you, is it important for you to play for your country, or have things changed? Hundred, no, hundred percent. I'll, I'll never, never say no to play play for my country. I'll drop everything in a heartbeat and always play for my country. Hmm. Okay. Uh, fun fact today: Arjit Rai, Finn Reynolds, a dad joke of the day. Oh, look, Ryan Reynolds is playing. Um. Okay. Is this my? Can I go now? <laughs> <laughs> oh 
what a oh burn. God. That's that's oh, a hell of a burn. I, someone told oh. me that one. Someone said to me, hey, look at that. Ryan Reynolds is playing. I don't even want to hit, like, <laughs> it's, eight, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. And, and I, th- and I a great conversation. And I thought, and you're throwing that at me. Yeah, what was the last question of the day? So I thought I'd throw it at you anyway. It was not a question, it was just a statement. So there you go. Hey, Ajit. <sighs> You can have oh, hey, you can have that. I'm giving that to you without a trademark. That's yours for the day. And apparently, thank you. And if there's it. if if there is any play today, which I'm beginning to doubt, uh, they've they've thrown you not on centre court. They put you on grandstand, which I'm a little dis- no. They they oh, oh, they oh hang on. Nico, breaking news! Nico breaking news! <laughs> Nico messaged me and say said we're playing on the roof. No, no. Nico messaged me and said that um. He put us on that court because it's the, uh, it says on the schedule that it's a possible court change. So we would, if it's going to be fine and okay, and that uh, we're going to move to centre, get moved to centre. That would be just a little bit exciting. That would be nice, and you'd probably be the second matchup at night. Yeah, it'd be bloody awesome. Okay, well, hey Ajit, congratulations on what you've done so far. But I know a lot of tennis people are aware there's a lot more to come. Feet on the ground, buddy, and we'll catch up with you at the uh, Tennis Centre today. Thank you so much, Stephen. No worries, pal. Our number one men's tennis player, Ajit Rai, stunned some people by beating a top 100 player when he's sitting at 466, but he will uh, drop that ranking further. I tried to ask someone to explain to me how it works. You get certain points, and there's a whole chart, and the points equate to... You get a certain number of points for as far as you progress through and then you add them all together and blah, blah, blah. It's really confusing. So I'm not going to confuse you at all. It's 8.20 here on McIver for Breakfast. Before we throw to an ad break, <laughs> can you can you just reiterate that dad joke for me? It is a bad one. I got told it yesterday. Ajit Rai, Finn Reynolds. Take their first names away. It's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, okay. Eight twenty six on MacIver for breakfast. Brought to you by the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Just a reminder about that second one day international at Karachi is tomorrow night from ten. Live here on SCNZ, the Black Caps down one after being beaten by six wickets. They were set. Uh, to, uh, they set. They set Pakistan two fifty five. They did it uh, in forty oh eight point one overs. Two fifty eight for four. So uh, a lot of thunking to be done. Oh, the Kennards half phone line is lit up. G'day, Kenny from Canterbury. G'day, mate. How's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. What's on your mind? Oh, I just thought that interview with uh, Ajit there was, was really good. I uh, quite enjoyed that. I hadn't really heard too much about him other than that he was involved with um, some of the Davis Cup stuff recently, um, as he talked about. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was a really great interview and um, look forward to following his successes throughout a few years to come. What, what impressed you with what he said? 
I think that mostly that it sounded like he wasn't media trained. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but it sounded like he wasn't. He was giving really genuine answers. The fact that he is quite grounded and um, for a young fellow, great young New Zealander, he sounded like, and um, I think he'll he'll go on to do some good things. Well, I can tell you he is media trained, but that's who he is. Uh, that's the most important yeah. thing, that he's he's not being given any any rules or regulations as to, to to throw out any generic line. He's he's an incredibly grounded individual, as you say, and, and very genuine and very respectful too. Uh, it, it comes as a bit of a shock to many people that he's a, a professional, professional sportsman and can and sound like that. A lot of other organisations should take note. Yeah, organisations and other young athletes in yep. the country as well, I think. Um, Definitely, but yeah, he's had a great journey so far in his career. It's been really good to watch. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, but it's only just beginning, mate. He's a young man in his early twenties, and he's been playing since he was a kid. And when you think that you know, at what twenty two, twenty three now, he's only now starting to sort of find his feet in the professional era. People forget how much has come before, and the amount of effort and money his mum and dad have put in, and the amount of time he has spent and they have spent on courts. It's crazy. Yeah. I was sitting. I was sitting to talking to a mate yesterday at the tennis, going, "You really got to want to love this sport to sit and watch yeah. an individual hit that ball over the net so many thousands of times every day of the week." Yeah, and just on the issue of um, the weather in Auckland as well, uh, you asked him about. I think it was straight off the bat, asked him about the roof on Stanley Street. Yeah. Um, first of all, why bother? Auckland weather is pretty crap. I'm up there for work at the moment, just sitting in Walkworth at the moment, and it's horrible. Obviously, um, just take it down to Christchurch, would you? No, no, yeah, down there. no, no. We had thirty-two degrees the other day. That's that's, that's lovely, day. but it's not by the water yet. It's not. It's not. You know, I know you got a bit of water over there, but <laughs> we can have this argue argument all day. Hey, Kenny, I really appreciate. I really appreciate you, your call, mate. Enjoy your time in the the O nine. Thanks, Stephen. Really enjoyed watching your journey as a um, broadcaster as well. Thank you. Oh. My pleasure. Thanks, mate. Just doing my job. Half past eight, time to get Arawa to update the news with Kubota. Together we are building and shaping the future. You are locked and loaded to SENZ on Tuesday, the 10th of January with MacIver for breakfast, brought to you by the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. If you want to uh, text us on our can't wait question of the day, if the ASB Classic put a roof on Stanley Street, is it more attractive entertainment option or does it diminish the charm of the stadium? Get on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases. Adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and your feet up in comfort. I got caught, uh, Swinks, I got caught falling asleep at the tennis yesterday uh, you know how you have that old man you're sitting in a chair and the head just nods forward and you go I did that I know at- it well <laughs> <laughs> and some ladies in the in the uh, crowd looked up to me and just laughed I could see them in their heads going oh who's the old guy falling asleep they're probably like no. He's probably been out partying all night. <laughs> yeah. All right, time to break down wild card weekend in the NFL with our good mate Jared Cronin, our SCN NFL pundit, who just loves the NFL as much as we do anyway. Hey, Cronin, how are you? Oh, very good, my friend. It's, uh, it's such a, 
a wonderful time of year as we get ready for what they call the Super Wildcard Weekend nowadays. I, I, so, uh, I yeah. know. What's going on? Hey, before we go any further, uh, so were the Houston Texans supposed to tank <laughs> so they didn't give Chicago the number one pick? Is that what I'm reading? Yeah, you, you got to wonder about what uh, some of these franchises are doing. I'm sort of getting Miami Dolphins vibes from the Texans yeah. this year because it seems very much like that was the scenario. Uh, because after the match that they had won uh, against the script, uh, the, the head coach, Lovey Smith, had fully expected to be returning the following year. And then uh, within a couple of hours, no, no, he was not returning at all. He was on his way out after one season. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess they were supposed to tank. Maybe they just fluffed their lines a little bit and decided to um, to go out and win a game. Which, which, is, a which, is, which is sort of a bit against the spirit of the game, isn't it not? Or is it, I mean, but it happens all the time. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it really is against the spirit of the game. And I know that a lot of the teams, they they just focus on trying to you know control what they can on the field. Um, and the, the higher ups, the general managers or the owners are probably the ones who are probably looking more at the, the chess pieces in terms of draft picks and that sort of stuff. So they're maybe a little bit more focused on being tactical in that sense. But uh, in terms of the down the chain a bit more, the players, the coaches, they just they just want to go out there and win some football games. So uh, that's how it turned out. But um, it ended up costing a man his job. Well, our Arizona have also fired their head coach too, Cliff Kingsbury. He's gone as well. So uh, yeah. it's 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 now it's a good it's a good season postseason for some and bad for others. Now, just clarify one thing for me. And I think Swinkmeister, my producer, sort of explained it pretty well today to me about the wild cards. Why why do we have a wild card, and how is it, for instance, that teams like Minnesota uh, Dallas and San Fran, with really winning records, have to play Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, it's it's just basically a reward for the top teams um, in the in each division or each um, uh, conference, shall we say? So in the AFC, you got the Kansas City Chiefs, and the NFC, you got the Philadelphia Eagles. Those are the top two teams on each side, so they get a week off. Uh, and the Wild Card Weekend is the remaining teams. The remaining six teams in the playoffs. So, uh, so they've they've expanded a couple of years ago. They went from six teams to seven. So, basically, now you can have three games over the wild card weekend from each conference. Um, so that's why they call it the Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, okay. I don't know what happens. Not sure what happens when they add an eighth <laughs> team. It might go to Super Duper Wild Card uh, Weekend. But, um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a reward for the the top teams to maybe just have a little bit of a break. Right. Um, yeah, similar a bit, a bit like the NRL, NRL when you finish the NRL team that finishes the top of the t- tree or the first top two, they get that that first week off and end up playing in a week in a week three. So c- confirm with me that Kansas and Philly are the only other two teams in the playoffs apart from the other uh, twelve that are playing wildcard weekend. That is correct. Yeah, those, okay. those two teams get the uh, the week off. Uh, just. Uh, Go and lie in the sunshine, or it's probably not sunshine at that time of the year over in the States. But, uh, uh, yeah, they get to watch on TV while everyone else goes and um, smacks into each other. And so then once once we finish wildcard weekend, we're down to eight teams, and that becomes quarterfinals sort of thing. For, for want yeah. of a better word, phrase. Yeah. I mean, they could really just skip straight to that point uh, and take the you know the top four teams on each so- each side of the, the conferences. But I mean, you know, television ratings and all that fun. They they couldn't miss out on an extra week of uh, of content. So 
you know how it goes. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not going to try and uh, uh, work out who plays who in the next weekend. Let's just quickly look at what we've got this this weekend coming up. So you got nine and eight Seattle who sneaked in an overtime against a Jimmy G list. San Fran, he's he's gone for the season, right? They're running their their backup quarterback. They had a thirteen and four season, so it's sort of like a battle of the bay going on. Who do you like? Yeah, uh, the Forty ers have been on fire in recent times. Uh, been one of the real form teams of the entire NFL, uh, and that's now with the backup backup quarterback, Brock <laughs> Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, the last pick in the uh, the recent <laughs> draft. So uh, he's actually played really well. He's come out, and people have you know been getting really excited about what he's been doing. He's just come in and added some juice. And, and really just taking care of you know his job without being terribly flashy. He's done some really nice things. Uh, but when you're in this 49ers setup, you've got a great running game and you've got a fantastic defense. So uh, in terms of being a quarterback, that's pretty much where you want to be. Uh, so just let the other sides of the, the football take care of things. And um, and you just, you know, you kick along, add a little bit of hype, a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit mm. of seasoning on top and, uh, and you're happy. Okay, so San Fran for you against Seattle? Absolutely. <clears throat> they, they should be. Uh, this is a... A, a divisional rivalry. Uh, one of these, there's a few of these divisional rivalries mm. coming up this week, but um, I think uh, San Fran should be uh, feeling pretty comfortable about taking uh, that one. The next game, the next game, interesting one. So whatever happened to the Rams, the champions, I don't know what, but we've got the Chargers, <laughs> the other LA team at 10 and 7, facing up to a team I thought would take a long while to get back into the playoffs, but they're there. Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars at 9 and 8. Uh, are Jacksonville a genuine chance here to beat the Chargers? Yeah, look, I mean, I actually think this is probably potentially the wildest of the wild card games this week, uh, just because these two teams they really could offer up anything. Uh, the Jaguars they they got in last week with a, a win at home, and now they will be back at home this week against the Chargers, uh, and they've, they've both got pretty um, yeah pretty similar sort of lineups, but also they're a little bit hot and cold. So depending on who turns up, you know, they they could sneak on through. But uh, that, that's going to be Maybe the, the the game to watch, I would think, possibly. Um, but you would have to favor perhaps the Chargers. They've started to get a little bit healthier. Uh, a couple of key players coming back. Mike Williams, the wide receiver uh, in recent weeks, as well as um, Joey Bosa, Bosa the uh, the edge defender as well. So, uh, But, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are giving us a little bit of Cincinnati Bengals vibes from last year. So uh, who knows? Whoa, the whoa. The that's, be, a, uh... that's a huge call. That's a huge call. <laughs> Do you think Tui and Miami are, are a one-game wonder in the playoffs? Because they've got the Bills at Buffalo, 13-3. and three. Uh, that, that match yesterday where they started off with a TD was ridiculous. Uh, too good, Buffalo? Yeah, Buffalo at home, always, always a tough challenge. Uh, and the Dolphins found this out a couple of weeks ago when they played up there. It's just, you know, it can be pretty cold and unforgiving up there. So uh, the Bills, they've obviously got a huge emotional um, uh, and a boost, I guess, from the DeMar Hamlin um, whole scenario, especially now that it's positive news that he's recovering and doing well. So they're basically on the up. They've, they've got a little bit of an extra... Uh, I'm not going to say chip on their shoulder, but um, <laughs> they've got a little bit of extra motivation there, perhaps, and uh, just a little bit of extra juice. While the Dolphins, they're not even sure if they're going to have Tua Tungawailoa at quarterback uh, due to concussion problems. So, Again, uh, if they're yeah, if, if they're if they're only rolling out there with Skylar Thompson at quarterback, then it could well be a long day for the Dolphins up there in Buffalo. All right, Jared, stay with us on the line. I want to take a wee break and come back and break down the other three matches in Super Wild Card Weekend. We're talking to Jared Cronin, our SEN NFL pundit, and on the Tampa Bay Poe text line, hey, Steve, did Murph send Marcus Ambrose a Christmas card this year? Answer, no. Pide que se escandalice esto. Y aquí está, pase con 
Yeah, baby. <laughs> Don't you love it? What's the shark song? The, the baby shark on ESPN Deporters as the Lions beat up on the Packers. Uh, Jared Cronin, our SEN NFL expert, joins us right now. Packers gone? Uh, has Rogers gone? Uh, well, interesting question. He uh, decided to hold on to his jersey after the match when one of the young Lions players went up to him and said, hey, can I uh, do a swap with you? And he said, no, no, I think I'll hang on to this one. So... Tell you what, that's just set the uh, the social media world alight. Everyone's entering into the annual Aaron Rodgers yeah. sweepstakes as to what's going to happen. But um, yeah, no, it's a, it's it's a, an interesting situation there in Green Bay. They weren't really expecting to uh, to be on the outer this year. So um, yeah, just what a way. I, I hadn't heard that audio before. That I actually thought it was a clip of me. Uh, uh, on the couch there talking about DJ Chuck, but um, yeah, wonderful stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the Swinkmeister and myself were talking about that today, <laughs> and uh, yeah, with 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 Aaron Rodgers, you know, you got fifty eight million sitting there guaranteed, but he said, "Oh, money's not the issue," so he just wants to. He doesn't want to quite think he doesn't want to hold the team to hostage. Anywho, I've got a funny feeling that Minnesota could be the one team people are forgetting about. They've got the Giants, I, the, they're yeah. at home against the Giants. They're thirteen and four. The Giants are nine and seven. Minnesota are quietly going about their business. They're an interesting team, aren't they, the Vikings? And I agree with you. I, what I like about this team is they have some real firepower. they got some match winners on their side. Uh, the only problem is, is that they've won 13 games, but they're uh, I think they've got a points differential of, of negatives so, uh, across the season, which is odd. Uh, so so they, they have a, a bit of a penchant for getting smashed uh, yeah, in certain okay. games while, while winning games by you know half a point here okay. and there. So... Um, but I'm with you on that. I think their if their offense clicks, they really they could beat anyone in this NFC lineup, mm. and uh, I don't say that lightly. And I think they they'll definitely back their chances against the Giants. They won a few weeks ago in the same matchup at the same venue. Um, so yeah, Minnesota at home I think could be they, they it could be a, a really interesting one to watch. Um, and and especially as the the playoffs progress. Cincinnati took a while to get going. Now they look like a team that wants to go back to Super Bowl, and they've got Baltimore at Cincinnati. Yeah, a little bit of a, uh, a rematch. It's kind of like Groundhog Day in a sense because uh, they played each other this uh, this Monday just gone. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a rematch there, another divisional lineup game. And really Cincinnati, they, they sort of just cruised through that game last week without really too much trouble. They knew that the Baltimore Ravens didn't have their key guy, Lamar Jackson, and it's still uncertain as if they're going to have him this week as well. So uh, basically the Ravens without Lamar is essentially uh, a completely different outfit and not in a good way. So uh, the Bengals will be highly confident that they can go through. They're actually playing well across all facets uh, of the game. Special teams and defense are doing well. And then also you've got a guy called Joe Burrow, at quarterback, who's actually pretty decent. Okay, the most important match. My Dallas Cowboys <laughs> at 12 and 5 at Tom Brady's Tampa Bay. They lost in week one to Tampa Bay, 19 3. We don't know what's going on with Tom and Tampa Bay in, in the weakest division. They finished top at 8 and 9. Dallas put on their worst performance of the year to lose to the Commanders, who <laughs> surely Dallas go through. Well, you would think so. Uh, I think that they, they're another team as well. Similar to Minnesota, they've got some strike power. Uh, their defense over the course of the season has been one of the most consistent units. So really, they, they would hope to go out there onto Tampa Bay, who haven't actually been playing that well. 
they would hope to go into Raymond James Stadium and to be able to put it on them, even if it's just the defense beating up mm. uh, and, and also having, you know, Dak Prescott not turn the ball over, which he's been doing a little bit lately. So if they can just sort of yeah get in there and, and impose their will, strangle the Tampa Bay offense a little bit uh, and just make things tough for him. And, and then, you know, it's a case of the offense just doing their job. Uh, like I say, they do have some strike power on the offense as well. C.D. Lamb, uh, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. These guys are all, they're, they're, you know, pretty good. <laughs> so um, they, they they can really do anything. I think you should feel confident. Um, but, hey, you never write off a guy called Tom Brady, uh, especially at home. Um, and, yeah, these, these Buccaneers, they showed a few, um, a couple of years back where, they just caught fire at the right time and just ran the table at the end, even from the the, the lower rank and the uh, the seedings. So uh, they, uh, they, I wouldn't write them off completely, but you would feel pretty confident if you were Dallas. Um, but you know, albeit, okay, Drew, the Cowboys is... don't have a great playoff record. Stop in recent it! Time. Stop it now! Stop <laughs> it now! Hey, uh, this is a yes and no question, right? This is the last question oh. of the morning. Kansas oh City highest scoring offense, twenty nine point two points a game. Uh, most yards, most first downs, 408. Most net yards per game, 413.6. Do they win Super Bowl? Do they get there and win it? Yes. Wowee. There you go. So if you're doing a punt today or whatever, put on Kansas to win. Jared, it is always a pleasure chatting to you. Take it easy, my friend, and uh, here's hoping my cows get Tampa Bay. Thanks very much, mate. Enjoy that super wild card weekend. I cannot wait. Thanks, Woo. mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> woohoo! Yeah. Okay. Well, woohoo it with you. Eight fifty-two. <laughs> that was a did you hear that woohoo. Can you do a better woohoo than that? Woohoo! Woohoo! There we go. Woohoo! Super <laughs> wild card weekend. Seattle at San Fran. Chargers at Jacksonville. Miami at Buffalo. Giants at Minnesota. Baltimore at Cincinnati. And my Dallas Cowboys. America, America's team. America's team. At Tampa Bay, it's 8.52. on McIver for breakfast, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Thanks for joining us today around New Zealand and on the SEN app in Australia. Uh, the Swinkmeister's got some good stuff coming your way after 9 o'clock. The final two parts of El Rey Pelé, the documentary on the King of Football with TalkSport's Danny Kelly. Also, uh, Sean West, uh, uh, studio franchise manager for the PGA Tour. Ooh. That sounds really cool. So hook that in after 9 o'clock here on SENZ. And and just a little bit of uh, signing news, what's going on in the NRL, because it is still a bit of a silly season. Stephen Crichton now doesn't want to leave the Penrith Panthers. He's saying he will take a pay cut to stay at the club. The problem is the club haven't made him a new offer. And the Bulldogs and the Dolphins want to sign him as a fullback. The Dolphins will throw big cash at Crichton. He was a bit of a grand final hero. And also, when we're talking about big dollars, uh, EOS superstar Mitchell Moses has plenty of suitors. How about this one? The Tigers want him back. Come back. You can come back. In the vicinity of $1.3 million a season to go back to Leichhardt. Remember, they picked up John Bateman and Isaiah Papali'i and Api Corusau. And the Bulldogs are throwing $1.2 million at Mitchell Moses. Uh, Para have apparently offered just over a million. So, okay, so it's a it's basically a check checkbooks through, being thrown at Mitchell Moses. I, I, I don't know if you'd want. Would you throw that much at? Would you throw that much at Mitchell Moses? I'm not so sure.
But anyway, uh, a lot to look forward to in the in the coming hour. So the final two parts of El Rey Pele, the king of football, and here from Studio Franchise Manager of the PGA Tour, uh, Sean West. Tomorrow, what was the bloke's name? Brian Cooper, is that right? Brian Cooper on the PGA Tour Champions, the Seniors Tour, the old Seniors Tour, about how he overcame depression to get onto the tour and earn a, a legitimate card to play. Plus, we'll try and talk to Charlie Vortz. Alexander Vortz was a Formula One driver. His son's out here for the TRS series, the open wheelers, which start this week in, in Highlands. Going to give him a call as soon as we get off air and see if we can get him just for you. Son of an F1 driver. All the big guns come down to play here in New Zealand because we have such a fantastic history of motorsport. I'm done. Thanks to Neve. Thanks to the Frank Swinkmeister, Neve, Niv. Thanks to Niv, yeah, Niv sounded like the Prime Minister's daughter, and you are certainly not that Niv. Catch you tomorrow from 6 here on SENZ.